0: You are unfortunately the second most famous St Johnston fan. Okay,
1: there's a few, yeah, there's a few others, but I'll, I'll take a second if that's the case. Well, only
0: because <laughs> I've spoken to Andy Bollen, who has done a lot of work with Stuart Cosgrove, and from what I can tell, Stuart Cosgrove is kind of the. Does he have a comparison in England? Danny Baker of Scottish
1: uh, media. Possibly, yeah. Possibly.
0: Have you met Cosgrove?
1: Yeah, I know Stuart quite well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine because
0: yeah. you would have stood on the same terraces.
1: Yes, we've um, away games. It goes to quite a lot of away games, actually, as well as home games. So, yeah, I met, met Stuart a few times and also through kind of Scottish media work as well. Yeah, so I know Stuart pretty well.
0: That's very good. And who else is a St Johnston fan that you know of, um, that i know
1: of? Well, Ailey Barber, who's on Sky, a BBC presenter. Yeah, Ailey plays a lot of golf as well. So, yeah, she's a fan, grew up in Perthshire. Colin McCready used to be in Taggart, the actor, mm-hmm. he's Saints fan. Uh, Joe Wilson, Sky Sports News.
0: Yes, I know that name. Yeah. Um, Presenter,
1: um, she's a fan. We've got we've got Eve Muirhead, uh, Curler, uh, won an Olympic medal a few years ago. So, yeah, we're, we've, we're multi-talented.
0: Jesus. Well, my football team is supported by Chris Stark, um, Elton... Uh, Luther Blissett? Can you count Luther if he was former player? <laughs> um, yeah. Do St Johnston fans have a view of Watford? Because we're a similar sized club. We're not the biggest club, but we are a biggish club.
1: Personally, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I think most football fans up in Scotland will follow teams down in England as well. Certainly, my son does as well. And um, I think we always given St Johnston's standing. It's trying to punch above our weight in Scotland. It's nice to see clubs like. You know Wester story, for example, a few years ago and another club like that, uh, you know Aston Dodgers just now getting back up there, West Ham doing well. It's always nice to see the kind of well, should we say smaller clubs, you know, mm. trying to make an impact again, which is which is great to see, which I guess is the kind of story of St. Johnston in the last in the last year.
0: Indeed, and we are here, Ed Hodge, to talk about your two books, Our Day in May from 2015, and Make Mine a Double, which has just come out. Right, came out yesterday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we had a club launch at McDermott Park in Perth on on Sunday, so it, uh, it sold really well to fans on Sunday who got to uh, get their pictures with the the two trophies as well. And uh, yeah, it's on the basically on the market this week. It's um, it's, it's available on all, all various websites and uh, and through the club at St Johnston as well.
0: Indeed, um, rubbing its shoulder. So you've now got two books on sale in the club. So the older book has had to be moved to the back. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure there's many copies. Well, I don't think there's any copies left now that I did, mate. Wow. When it sold really well, you know, obviously printed um, X amount, so it's a a kind of collector's item for for the fans that do have it, and uh, I think that's basically sold out now, so that was obviously... We brought that out in 2015, a year after... Exactly a year, actually, after winning the Cup in 2014. That was Saints' first major trophy in 130 years. (laughs) So it was fairly significant. If you told me the club would then be winning a cup seven years later, uh, I'd, I probably would have laughed. <laughs> I think most Saints fans would agree with that. So it's been extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary to then, to then do this second book with the club.
0: Yeah, never mind the the fans having their pictures with both trophies. I'd imagine every player has kind of been able to bring their families, to have like a family portrait. And then, of course, Callum Davidson... Uh, in the middle there and we'll get to Callum because actually we'll start with him because as far as I can tell he's a scratch golfer.
1: Yeah Callum's uh, one of these annoyingly multi-talented people (laughs) well known in Scottish sporting circles really that he could have uh, really tried any of the sports that he was good at professionally and they were uh, squash, tennis, football, golf, Basically, very good at all four sports, and uh, yeah, he's a scratch golfer at Dunblane New Golf Club, just up past Stirling in Scotland. And um, he actually broke the course record there in the summer to cap his his year even further. He shot sixty two at Dunblane New in the summer, and he's uh, yeah, he's a really talented golfer. I've had the pleasure of a couple of games of golf with him, and i uh, losing money to him as well. So, ah. yeah. so, so he goes uh, easy on you when
0: you're yeah. He's to him. He's, a, he's a great player. He's
1: one of these guys who hits fur he we greens and it's really all, all down with the putter really yep. if, you, if his putter is hot then he's going to score well he's, he's, everything goes straight down the middle so it's uh, yeah, he's a great golfer and, and yeah the, the course record added to the, the success he's had this year which is uh, fantastic
0: I wonder what he thinks is a better achievement because wasn't his dad the course record holder I think
1: it was his uncle, uncle. from memory or uh-huh. yeah I'd, I'd certainly family member from from what I can recall, yes. Yes, I think it's it's obviously an individual sport, it's all, all up to you, I think he said the same about tennis and squash really if you wanted to do them professionally but going down the football route you're obviously part of a team so I think he always felt there was a better path to success there and I think that was, that's been proved right with the career he's had and the clubs he's played for.
0: So he um, he adds his name to the chronicles of great Dunblane sporting heroes. Has he played golf with Jamie or Andy or Judy? Murray? Yeah, he
1: kn- he knows the family pretty well actually, because Dumblane's obviously a small community, as as most people know, and um, it, it is quite astonishing when you think about it. You know, I grew up in a little village called Braco, which is which is just past Dunblane. Dunblane itself is not particularly large, so so for Dunblane to have these connections now in terms of sport, particularly with Jamie and Andy, and then. Obviously, now with Calm is incredible. And, and Calm, yeah, he knows, as I say, he knows the family pretty well. Uh, he played golf with Jamie ahead of the Scottish Cup final because Jamie's a, a Hibs fan. So I think it was the BBC who did a little piece with the two of them playing golf at Dunblane to try and, uh, you know, stoke up some rivalry ahead of the, the Scottish Cup final in May. So that that was quite lighthearted and good fun. But yeah, the, the, it's great to have Dunblane on, on the map for, for sport. is terrific.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember, um, Well, I remember, I was eight when it happened and I was doing a, a Bob Dylan related show and it made me remember that Knocking on Heaven's Door was released as a single and it, it was a campaign single to try and ban handguns, which have been banned. Um, and it, it took that horrific tragedy to, to make it happen. Um, on more happier news, Ed Hodge, uh, I'm looking at a picture of you and the great Colin Montgomery. What a great smile he's got this is on the Polaris publishing website what trophy is Monty holding is that the Ryder yeah, Cup that,
1: yeah that'll be the Ryder Cup yeah that was um I did some work with Colin I, I was delighted that was the first book I did back in 2013 ahead of the, the Ryder Cup of Glen Eagles but again was uh having grown up in the area it was an absolute honor to to work with Glen Eagles and and some some big names on that particular book with with the hotel so uh yeah, that was a that was a fun day with Colin when we did some uh I was working with Scottish golf at the time actually and we uh, managed to grab Colin on that particular day to do the course guide for the for for the book on the ahead ahead of ayer cup. So yeah, Colin's uh Colin's uh, great to work with actually on, on, on projects like that.
0: Yeah, he seems like a very nice man. And he must have been a great captain. Was that the year he was captain at Glen Eagles?
1: No, he'd been
0: or was that in the States?
1: Yeah, I'm no, captain Glen Eagles is Paul McGinley.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, Colin had been captain down in Wales in 2010. Uh, it came a bit earlier than, than he, even he expected. I remember at the time and he uh, he helped uh, Europe to victory in 2010 at Celtic Celtic uh, yes. Quite a wet Ryder Cup from memory. Uh, and Paul McGinley was in charge when uh, Europe won at uh, Glen Eagles in 2014.
0: Yeah. Um, jewel in the Glen, Glen Eagles Golf and the Ryder Cup. Uh, and you've also written behind the Ryder Cup, the players' stories. I mean, notionally, we're here to talk about football. Don't worry, we'll get there. Uh, but I spoke to Michael McEwen very recently, whom.
1: Yeah, I know Michael well. yeah. he's done a couple of books himself now on different topics. Have you read him? Uh, I have. Yeah, I've, I've read his marathon book on on the London Marathon, which was tremendous. Uh, I've not read his new one. He's just bought a book out on on, uh, on Third Lanark, hasn't he? On the story of of their, uh their history yeah so yeah, it's, uh, he, he's been, he's actually worked with uh, the same publisher um, that I have uh, arena sport based in Edinburgh an imprint of Berlin and, and Peter Burns is the the guy we've, we've worked with pretty closely on the books uh, Peter's a, a terrific guy and uh, lo- loves his sport across all levels so he I know he's uh, really pleased with with how his, how his business is going.
0: Oh, it's going brilliant. Not just because Stu's books are coming out on it, but uh, yours and Michael's and I'll be talking to Michael uh, as this goes out next week. This is quite a quick turnaround. We're talking on oh, the okay. 19th of October as part of Fitbar week uh, along with the great Jackie McNamara Jr um, and Lawn Gardner who's written Yeah, okay. about
1: uh, uh festival I think.
0: Yes, and and so this is a nice kind of segue between the Jags and the Saints because Partick, a suburb of Glasgow, not a massive, massive club, but respectable, people know them. Very similar to St Johnstone, who were plodding along a yo-yo club between the first division and the second division and when the Premier League came into existence. Uh, You finished as high as third in 98-99. Who was in that team?
1: Yeah, that was a good side actually. So we reached the League Cup final that year as well. Uh, lost the Rangers uh, at Celtic Park. Sandy Clark was the manager. Paul, Paul Sturrock had actually helped build that team quite successfully as well, and, and then Sandy took over. So yeah, that was that was the kind of team I was following in my university years actually. So we had some really some really fine players, guys like Georgia Boyle up front, the uh, the Irishman. Um, a striker we had called Nathan Lyons as well was good. Um, Miguel Samayo, Spanish players was another good player up front, and it was it was just a, a very strong team all the way through. John O'Neill in midfield, um, a kind of core of Scottish players, and then and, and then a, a couple of players from from outside of Scotland that really helped that team come come together, and they had a a great run in, uh, towards Europe. Uh, yeah, finishing third, I yeah, got Europe. I think we beat Dundee to, to our, our kind of local rivals to get Europe that uh, season. And then obviously we had the the run to the League Cup final early in the season, where we lost two one to Rangers. And that, that, that Rangers side that season, but it was was very very strong under Descartes. De in fact, the goal scorers that day were Varche, the French striker, and I think it was a World Cup winner with France. Uh, and Jörg Alberts with mm-hmm. that left foot, of his, the German player, he you know he scored many goals in Scotland with his left foot. And, uh, we suffered that day as well, but you know, that Rangers team had Van Bronckhurst in it and, and very other uh, top talents.
0: Yeah, I've got the I've got the lineups up here, and it, it occurs to me that I haven't really asked if Bosman changed Scottish football. But just look at this Rangers lineup: Niemi of Finland, Perini and Amoruso of Italy, Colin Hendry, Arthur Newman of Holland. Barry Ferguson, Andre Kancharskis of Russia, Van Bronkhorst of Holland, Givash of France, Rod Wallace of England, Georg Alberts of yeah. Germany. Whereas St Johnston's team had uh, well, a couple of Ulstermen, O'Boyle and Lowndes, Simao the Portuguese, yeah. Dazovic who got the equaliser, and yes. Kunah. Yeah, I should have. Um, Samaria
1: Portuguese, I said Spanish, he's Portuguese. Yeah, we had. <sighs> And and Nick Dazovich, actually, I I did a Zoom call with Nick, he's one of the fans, uh, I call him a fan, who's contributed to the back of the book as well, I spoke to 15 fans for their kind of feelings on the season as well, and I was keen to get his thoughts from Nick, because Nick uh, is back in Canada, uh, works for Vancouver Whitecaps, and he was a big personality when he was at St John's, because he's a a bit of a rock star as well, He's he's a musician, loves playing the drums, and he's a bit of a here as I said with Saints fans at the time So, but but going back to your question yeah we hit that Rangers side uh, you know there's a fair bit of money in the Scottish game at that stage of the late 90s and even the kind of smaller clubs like Saints would have a few foreign players as well you know the, obviously times have moved on you still the, those types of huge names I think uh, are difficult for even Rangers and Celtic to now sign I think so that was probably one of the best teams I ever think Rangers have had, actually, thinking back.
0: Yeah, that was the team that when I when we got Sky, um, Scottish football was blue at that time. Um, so um, I remember watching George Alberts and Lovancranz and the rest of them, and then, of yeah. course, Henrik Larsson came in. But you're seeing Scottish football now as a departure lounge um, country, you know what I mean, in the way that Dortmund or Leipzig are departure lounge clubs. You you kind of you go there you get your value up three times they sell you on, um, and we see that with Edward who played at um, the Emirates last night yeah, for Palace.
1: About, yeah, I was just about. Yeah, I just to mention that because mm-hmm. my son's uh, he, as well as get my son into St Johnston he, he follows Arsenal passionately for the last three or four years. I, th- I think really since Sanchez and yeah um, enjoying right. their enjoying their pa- passing football and he, he just loves watching their style and so he was he watched the first half last night we had school today so uh, he couldn't watch the second so he, mi- he missed a lot of the drama in the second I had to explain it to Miss Barney but yeah that was that Edward is is another example of, of maybe English fans have not really been aware of what he's done at Celtic and the goal he scored last night was kind of typical Edward finish where he, he doesn't have a lot of back lift and then he'll, he'll, he'll strike it quite early and then you know the power just beat the keeper last night so so, yeah, Celtic have been very good at that the last few years. Uh, Van Dyke's another one, obviously mm-hmm. as well, who, money on who left. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've made a lot of money from transfer fees, and that that was certainly helping them to to win the nine titles in a role that they did. Everything just kind of you know fell apart really last season for them. The way the you know maybe maybe it was just too a season too many for some of their players. They've certainly done well from the the transfers, and I think the the Rangers side at the moment is is quite stable. The one that Gerard now built, so certainly I've got a big transition season at the moment.
0: Lots of Uh, good English pros at Rangers. Sorry to bring it up, but uh, Rangers beat St Johnston two one a couple of weeks ago. St Johnston have won won two of their first nine games. It's not a crisis. It's just getting used to the season. But you're not worried yet?
1: No, we. It's been a season like no other for St Johnston because of the obviously winning the cups took us into Europe we had two huge ties uh, against Galatasaray, uh, and then LASK of Austria, two very talented teams, and we we, we ran them really close. We drew in, in both way legs, got a draw in Turkey, which was outstanding. But but I took a lot out of a small squad, and we've come in in the league, and our form our form is pretty inconsistent, as as you said. But I, I think as we as the weeks go by, we'll start to pick up again. We've also we also lost two of our best players on the. final hours of the transfer window with Ali McCann our young midfielder going down to Preston I think you'll hear a lot of his name in the coming years, he's he's picked up a wee injury but should be back soon Uh, and we also lost Jason Kerr, our captain to to Wigan Uh, again a fine defender who I think will progress well in the game so it's been a bit of a stop start season for us in terms of league form but we've actually reached the semi-finals of of the league cup, we're in another semi-final we play Celtic at Hampden on November the twentieth. So you know, Callum's actually not lost a a, a domestic cup tie yet. So oh, it's, wow! It's in yeah. charge of St Johnston.
0: That's unreal.
1: And I think he's I think he's fifteen now and counting. So we play Celtic in the semi final, like uh, as we as we as we try and uh, get, reach another final. And, and obviously, the great benefit is that fans will be able to be at the, the semi final, yeah. given we weren't able to attend uh, this incredible season that I've written about, and that's why, obviously, the kind of subtitle of the book is, is The Lockdown Legends, given the season that everyone had to go through.
0: Yeah, the book is Make Mine a Double. Great title, couldn't be anything else, which follows our day in May, um, which came out in 2015. We'll talk about the books themselves in the second half. You know who you're playing this Saturday coming?
1: Yes, we're uh, we're at Celtic on Saturday, You are, yes. but the
0: fans will be there.
1: I believe so. I, th- I think Saints are even doing... Some ticket uh, news today because I, I know with COVID the, there's been issues with away fans at some grounds and because, you know, you keep, they can't be seated, um, you know, the the, the, play, the fans can't be seated near the kind of dugout areas and so players are having to be moved and things like that. So I think there's been issues with away fans at some of the bigger clubs, but I, I believe that's now that's now changing. I think there's Hearts fans at, at Rangers on, on Saturday for their draw, so it's, it's great to see away fans back into the grounds because um, it makes such a difference, I think, even for the atmosphere, for, for even the home fans to, to have their away fans there as well.
0: Well, I live very close to the Vic in Watford, and Watford lost 5 nothing to Liverpool. It, it was Ranieri's first game, as Johnny Liu famously said, all Watford managers are interim managers. Uh, Ranieri probably the most garlanded of all the, the ones we've had, but... Mo Salah scored this amazing goal where he made Craig Cathcart look plat- platypus-footed and one can only applaud. And some imbeciles uh, were against clapping genius. Um, is it very... It's less partisan at St Johnston because you're so used to seeing in- impeccable talent there and you're quite friendly to visiting fans and visiting teams. You never hear St Johnston fan court... In crowd trouble.
1: It seems to me the
0: same. to a nice club, full of nice fans.
1: I think Perth as a city has that reputation. It's, it's a lovely part of the world. I wouldn't say we're a, a raucous fans group. You know, we've we've actually got a, a kind of group of younger fans who, who make quite a bit of noise for home games now, which is which is great. You know, they they really help create more of an atmosphere. I, I think at the moment it's just great too. You know, I've been to a couple of games. Obviously, since since the restart from COVID, and it's just been great to be at games. I'm trying to get to to any game I can. You know, the, with St. John's have got ten thousand capacity, and I, when you've got eight, nine, ten in there, it's actually a, a great atmosphere. Um, you know, we've got Hearts at home next Wednesday, which I'm going to try and go to because Hearts will probably bring up two or three thousand fans for a, for a midweek night under the lights, which is which is always a great little occasion as well. So. It's just great to be back. I think everybody's the same, isn't it? If you're attending football matches, whatever league you're in, just to have this buzz again of 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 going back to games. Um, it, you know, with, it's incredible how much you actually miss it and uh, and being at being at grounds again, and it's just wonderful.
0: It's not just the game. I mean, there, there's 90 minutes or 180 minutes a week, but there's all the other hundreds of minutes surrounding it, yeah. where you're anticipating yeah. or post mortemising, which is not a verb. Um, but it's great to see Edinburgh clubs. I lived in Edinburgh for five years. I studied classics and stayed there an extra year. I didn't go to Easter Road or Tyne Castle much. I remember going to Tyne Castle and seeing Jamie Patterson playing as a winger, thinking, this guy looks good. And he's now to become a number nine, amazingly, like Gareth Bale. Uh, Hibbs, this was 2012 I went to Easter Road. It wasn't a particularly endearing game, but the Edinburgh sides have really pulled their fingers out. I don't know if it's just... What's going on off the pitch is complementing what's going on on the pitch. But there seems to be the, the Rangers clubs and Partick and the Dundee clubs and Aberdeen doing quite well. And now Edinburgh uh, is fighting back. So the health of Scottish football, relatively, is pretty good. And it means St Johnstone are, um, well, one of the eight biggest clubs in the whole of Scotland. Last season finished fifth. In the aborted season of Corona, finished sixth, seventh, and eighth before that. But three fourth placed finishes uh, 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 17. Did you keep hold of the players in that era?
1: Yeah, we had Tommy uh, Wright, obviously, uh, from the history you might have read, came in as, as manager from 2013 and, and actually won the Scottish Cup in his first season in charge, which was, which was just astonishing. And we did manage to keep most of the players. We, uh, Stevie May scored 27 goals in that season. He was basically our our talents man, the the man to look to for that entire season. Just a young lad coming through the ranks, developed by the club, and you know played a huge part in the the season that we had. You know, obviously the title of that book was our day in May, and that, that was a slight nod oh, to, to, to good. slight nod to Stevie as well because you've obviously won the. Cup in May, but the the goals and the impact he had that season was was quite incredible. But sadly, we couldn't keep him, and he he went down south to Preston Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, picked up a couple of bad injuries, and uh, it didn't quite work out from down in England. He went back up to Aberdeen, and quite incredibly, he uh, he signed for St Johnston again, and uh, he, he's now won three trophies with St Johnston. He's one of three players along with. David Wallerstein and Michael O'Halloran, who were part of the 2014 team who won the cup, to to now have three winner medals with St Johnston, which is an unbelievable achievement.
0: O'Halloran oh, is. is now in his third spell. What does he oh, know Halloran, about yeah, the Michael, club that means oh, he keeps coming back?
1: Yeah, Michael O'Halloran. Yeah, he he said that actually to me, uh, and that's in the book as well. That he, he plays his best football at St Johnston. That's, he, as you say, he's been he's been at Rangers. He's, he, he went abroad as well but he's, he's kept coming back and uh, he, he does play his best football with us it's, it's, there's something about St Johnson that's had that with some players down the years that they've left it's not worked out they've come back they've kicked on again Liam Craig went to Hibs didn't quite work out came back Liam's now a double winner a huge part of our success the last few years and I think if you look back at the last decade and, and go back to your question about players that uh, we've kept that is a key success uh, for the club of the last decade is that there's been this level player who stayed at the club uh for eight, nine, ten years and has just kept kept the whole thing moving along nicely. Liam Craig, Murray Davidson, uh are players are players just now who 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 come into that bracket. But before them you had the guys who won the cup in twenty 14 had been there for a while as well and then stayed on longer and, and they were like Chris Miller, Dave Mackay, Fraser Wright. There've been like names that are just constant in St Johnson's history over the last decade and, and that is clearly a reason why we've had success because people have wanted to stay at the club and, and the, man, the the way the management has worked as well, it's, it's been a bit like the Ryder Cup um, scenario going back to golf because it's it's been like a succession plan within the club that, you know, we've generally looked within the club for not gone too far afield to bring in a manager and just kept things moving on. You know, Saints have only had, like, I think it's five managers in the last 15 years. Uh, it's it's an incredible in the modern world given how quickly yep. managers can change nowadays. And, Watford and had have,
0: five in 15 months.
1: Yeah, and heart, heart, Hearts are like that. I mentioned that in the book, the amount of changes at Hearts. So that, that, this whole con- continuity that Saints have had on and off the park has played a huge part in their uh, success because... Uh, going back to the point you made there, that Scottish football is, as much as Rangers and Celtic still rule the roost, rules the roost, it is becoming it is becoming more competitive a I thing. I, th- I think that's maybe because certainly this season Rangers don't look quite as strong as they were. Our Celtic are going through transition, and there's probably an opportunity for Hearts and Hearts, or even Dundee United, have started this season well to to maybe make things uh, interesting. Certainly, you know beyond Christmas this year, and then hopefully stay up there. I think, I think fans of all clubs would like that because it, it sort of puts more entertainment there for everybody.
0: And uh, marrying into that, we might as well in the first half here. Yes, sir, we can boogie. Um, it is. Um, I don't know how much Scotland agrees with what's going on in Qatar, but no Tartan army soldier is going to complain uh, when Scotland do qualify for the World Cup in Qatar with a side whose two best players play in the same position. And Stevie Clark has got Scotland playing, I think Tierney on the right, Robertson on the left, but A in the middle, uh, Che McAdams up front. Uh, that must delight you to watch Scotland qualifying potentially for the first World Cup in your son's lifetime.
1: Yeah, um, my son's birthday was uh, last Saturday. and We'd already had tickets booked for the real game a few months in advance because we knew that was going to be the game. So uh, I've set the bar rather high for yeah. future birthdays, given Mohammed Hamda Hamden and he had a... A tremendous night with a, with the late winner and yeah, they, it's a really talented squad that Steve Clark now has. I think even the Pharaohs game there on on uh, midweek last midweek, I, I realised that there wasn't any home based players in Scotland in the starting lineup because a oh. lot of our players are now playing their trade at the, either in the, the top of English football or, or you know or the top of the Championship. So it's great and um, you, know, you mentioned Tierney and Robertson. Tier, Tierney's actually playing as a centre half and a back three on the left hand side and Robertson is just in front of him like a kind of wing back Scotland have had this problem for a number of years now how to accommodate both of them and they've kind of chopped and changed but basically the two of them are now both playing on the left with Tierney as a centre half so you know, watching Tierney the last night for Arsenal it is the kind of role that Robertson does for Scotland with Tierney behind him so Tierney's probably had to adjust his game to be more of a centre half for Scotland now but it seems to be working Tommy's slotted in against Israel, but I, st- I still think Mike maybe better in midfield. But it- it's great that there- you know they've-, they've got a real chance of-, of obviously the playoffs now if we can beat Moldova, and then see what see what the draw brings up, and uh, m- maybe we can do another uh, penalty shootout when it or I'm not sure I'm my nerves can take that.
0: Is Craig Gordon at Sunderland? Where's Gordon?
1: No, Craig Gordon's back at Hearts so and doing very well. He's part of the Hearts success story again this year. So it's and all the uh,
0: all the outfield players were Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no I think against the Pharaohs because Carl McGregor played against Israel and he's at Celtic, but I don't think there was anyone in the starting lineup, the Pharaoh islands who was who is currently
0: Yeah, Fraser, uh, just, Gilmore, McGinn, Christie, Dykes, yeah, Hendry.
1: Dykes. Yeah. Uh, Hamley played, came back in against the Faroes McTominay played. I think they were all English clubs except for Gordon. Yeah. So, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a, a necessarily good thing because you'd still like to see some of the, the the domestic players getting a shot. And a lot of them were on the bench and the Faroes But it, I think it just points to the what you said earlier about Scottish players maybe going down south and uh, making a bigger name for themselves. McGinn's, Tierney's, Robertson's, McTominay's Dykes and that's basically the. The backbone of the team now.
0: Yeah.